Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So we talked about the offense. No major surprises. It feels like really the only disagreements that Sal and I had, and they weren't even really disagreements, was Tommy Sweeney, whether or not he would make the team. And then the decision of what's going on with Tommy Doyle, what's going on with um, Bobby Hart slash Cody Ford. Oh, and also we had the difference of opinion between Hodgins and Kumaro. Yep. I had Hodgins, you had Kumaro. We'll see how that happens. I think the defense is probably going to be pretty similar. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of disagreements here. Let's start with the defensive ends slash edge rushers. I have five guys making it from that group. My five are Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa. And this is also kind of the depth chart that I'm building in my head. So like Miller one Rousseau Epinesa boogie Basham Shaq Lawson. Yeah. And I agree with that. I think the only surprise for me, maybe to this point, I, I do that. I agree that Epinesa might be third on the depth chart. I, it seems to me that AJ, AJ Epinesa is the number three defensive end on this team. I mean, yep. he didn't even play really uh, much. He, he was out there a little bit with the starters, I believe because Von Miller didn't start. And then he was off the field. Uh, Boogie got some time. Shaq Lawson was playing pretty late in the game. So I think they like Shaq. He's going to be on the team. But I, I like the five you have. And I think A.J. Epinesa is in a much more secure spot than a lot of people thought he would be at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I think that he has flashed enough this summer that they trust him to be their kind of rotational role, the guy with a little bit of upside. And then I also think they kind of view the same thing for Boogie Basham. He gives them some versatility. And then Shaq Lawson, I think they know what they're going to get. And the interesting thing about Shaq Lawson and about Jordan Phillips, who we're going to talk about in a second, is the last time those guys were in Buffalo, they had arguably their best careers as pros in 2019. And you think about the team now, I know they're a couple years older, but this is a more talented roster than the defense they were a part of in 2019. The coaching staff is the same as far as Leslie Frazier is concerned and Sean McDermott is concerned. Like, I think those guys are going to play important rotational roles for the Bills. I think Shaq Lawson's might be a little bit more secondary, but Jordan Phillips looks like he's going to get a lot of run this year. I agree with that. And Jordan Phillips is a defensive tackle yep. where they added Tim Settle, Daquan Jones to Ed, to Ed Oliver with Ed Oliver, along with Jordan Phillips. To me, that's the only four they're going to keep because Boogie Basham can give you a little versatility. Like you said, like yeah. when you look at the defensive line group, Matt, I think you only need to keep nine because you do have a guy in Boogie Basham who can actually play inside and outside. So defensive tackle, I have Oliver settle Jones and Phillips. Yeah, I have the exact same four. Um, really no tough decisions on this one. There have been a couple players who have flashed in the preseason that I think they would like to keep, but I think they'll get those guys to the practice squad. 
Yeah, Elianco actually had a sack last week. I thought he played really well when he played for the Bills last year. Same with Brandon Bryant. And these guys are good to have in the building. They could be on your practice squad. You know what? I think they would probably stay there. I mean, if, if they get a chance to go to a 53 somewhere else, you know, why not? They, they would take it, but you have a good shot. How about Prince Amelia? Like, he's, I thought he's had a really nice preseason. He's looked pretty good as well. So, but these are guys I think that they just they can't make the squad given what's ahead of them. Yeah, Ilyanku is a tough one for me to cut, but there's just not there's just not a situation for me where he beats out one of the other guys, or he beats out you know I'm assuming next we're going to go to linebacker. Do you think he's the fifth defensive tackle though? Yeah, I do. Me too. Me too. I do. And good for him. Good for him because he's bounced around the league. You know, and 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 he got a shot last year when Star was out, and I thought he played well, and I think he's earned it. Yeah, I do. Um, I think that the point about Boogie Basham is a good point, but we've also talked a lot this summer about how Boogie Basham has transformed himself and he looks leaner. He looks longer. And I feel like maybe that takes away a little bit of his versatility, but it also gives him more of a chance to pop from an edge position. So I think that's a fair trade-off. I think that's probably what they wanted to see. He can still probably slide inside in an absolute pinch if he needs to, but I think they really like the guys and they really like the combinations that they have. I mean, in that first preseason game, Tim Settle jumped off the film and he was doing that not next to Ed Oliver. So I think with those guys out there and with Von Miller, I mean, we still haven't seen Von Miller in action either. Like they could be some, you know, game breakers. Could be a really excellent defensive line. It will be an excellent defensive line. We'll see what it leads to. Linebacker is super interesting. All right, you go ahead. How many are they keeping? So this is where I have, I have six linebackers, which is a lot. Okay. Me too. But okay. Um, but now let's remember, I want to remind everybody, Andre Smith is suspended six games. He will not count on the 53. Um, he will be a part of the organization as far as listed on a roster, but it'll be on the su- reserve suspended list. That leaves six. I bet you we have the same six then. I guarantee we do. Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, Tyrell Dotson, Tyler Medikevich, Balen Spector. Yes, and, the, and I will tell you, Spector might have been the last guy I kept in this whole thing, maybe at yes. least one of them, because... I just think that as a draft pick, he's looked really good. He's probably put enough on film that they don't want to lose him to another team. We've talked about this before. And, you know, I mean, he can contribute on special teams, which is obviously important for a guy in that position. Spectre was the guy that I had to fit on the roster instead of Tommy Sweeney. Like, to me, that's where I was like, ooh, teams usually don't keep six linebackers, but you think about the other players that are in that room. I think they like the idea of having Bernard and Spectre kind of come up together because they've been doing a lot of work together off to the side. Tremaine Edmonds, obviously entering the last year of his contract. You want to get it's not like Tremaine Edmonds is old by any stretch, but you want to make sure that there's still a bunch of youth in that room. Same thing. Tyler Medikevich, who knows what his role on this team looks like down the road past this season. So I think that he gets the nod just because He's a draft pick this year. It's a position that they've got some question marks at, and I think he does bring them some versatility. Okay. If I may, let's just talk safety first. I think that's a lot easier. We're going to have, we're going to have a nice discussion about corner here. Yep. Um, Safety, the listed safeties. There's guys that have played there a little bit lately. Hyde Poyer, Johnson, Hamlin. We go, we go with that Four. That's the four that I've got. Okay. So then this is, so this is where the difference is with corner. I have seven. I'm assuming you have six. I do have six. Yes. But I'm playing roster gymnastics again. Okay, here's why. Give your seven. I bet. I bet. In fact, there's two things that could happen here, because the, there's guys on this list that I think that are are, are going to be really tough cuts. 
Uh, why don't you go ahead? Tell tell me your seven. Tell everybody your seven. You could get. I bet. How about this? This is more fun. I guarantee you could guess the guy who's the seventh corner, and that's the guy who you don't have on your roster. I think you're wrong, and I'll tell you why. You have Cam Lewis, right? I do. I do too. Here's why. This is the difference. I think Tre'Davious White starts on pop. Okay. See, I, I I'm not accounting for that. I, I don't think they're gonna have Trey start on pop. Okay. So. Here's the here's the, the the dilemma the Bills have. Yes. If you put Tredavious White on pup, you get to keep the extra guy, but Tredavious White is not available to you for four weeks. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, th- this is tough. I know. I, I, I have a hard time with the idea that they keep set, and I get it. We haven't even seen him yet. Okay. Like, I don't think Tredavious White is going to be ready for the first game of the year, but it's still a long way away from week five. Like I would think that he can get out on the field before then, not on pup. But if they're not, if he's not trending in the right direction, then I guess that's what you do. That that makes your life easier. So we'll peel. I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. No, but, this- but no, this is the discussion because Matt here. See, I agree with you. He can. The question is, how much can he? Is it is it worth it to do that? Because you could just keep him on pup and let him practice and ramp himself up, and then you know wait till he's. 80, 90% instead of saying, yeah, he can get on the field in week three, but what is he on the field in week three? And if he's not going to be the the guy that you can rely on and count on on a day to on a down to down basis, then why do it? And I think that's the dilemma the bills face because the options are basically they, they keep him on pup. And just so everybody is clear on this right now, he counts on the, the overall roster on the 90 man, if you will, if he remains on pup, he does not count. He is stashed away. If he is activated when they do the uh, roster cutdowns to the active roster, then he does count, obviously, but they could make him inactive on game day. But now you're using a roster spot. This is the issue. So I'm saying, Matt, I think he could be ready by week two or week three. I just think they slow, slow play it and say, why risk it when we're in this thing for the long haul? What would have to be the game he's ready? If you knew he was ready by a certain game, you would have him on your 53 out of camp. What would be the game for you that would be like, oh, it's worth it? Game six against the Kansas City Chiefs. I, it's tough. I, I don't know. Look I don't the know. First what four games. Be. Rams, we know they have Robinson and Cup. But you know what? I mean, it's actually a team that runs the ball a lot. They're not like world beaters throwing the ball. They have good receivers. Second week, playing the Titans. It's about Derrick Henry, right? I mean, yeah. they have they, they got rid of A.J. Brown. Yeah. Third week, it's Miami Dolphins and Tua. Fourth week, it's the Baltimore Ravens and a team that does not have many outside threats, to be quite honest with you. I think you can get by in those first four weeks with what you've seen from the guys other than Tredavious. So let's then say the other guys, just so everybody knows. So for my seven that I have yeah. listed, sales six, it's the same with just the Tredavious White conversation. My seven are Trey White, Taron Johnson, Kyir Elam, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, Saran Neal, and Cam Lewis. Now, there's a common theme with some of those bottom guys, Saran, Neal, Cam Lewis, tons of position versatility, tons of flexibility. It gives the Bills options. Saran, Neal is a lock to make this team. Cam Lewis is trending in the right direction. Now, that being said, he's certainly not a lock, especially considering what they decide to do with Tredavious White. But if Tredavious White is unavailable or they start him on pup, then I think Cam Lewis's chances at making it become drastically improved. So I don't really think there's questions with any of the other guys. I think Christian Benford has been a really pleasant surprise. 
surprise. It speaks volumes that in the game on Saturday, they let Dane Jackson and Kyrie Lum do a series together. And then they use Dane Jackson and Christian Benford and had them do a series together. So I really do think that they're trying to give Christian Benford a shot at this, at least at winning a starting job. But even if he doesn't, he's hey, on the team, you're, he's on the team yeah. and he's got a, really good chance at getting on the, I mean, who knows? Sal? we were talking about this at practice. I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday. Maybe this is a situation where they like have Dane Jackson, Elam and Christian Benford all play to kind of keep their opponents on their toes because you're giving them different looks and different players that they got to try and figure out. Okay. I do think there's another discussion here outside of Tredavious swipe. I want to go back to him in a second. The other discussion is I could see a scenario where Nick McLeod makes this team. And maybe over Cam Lewis. And the reason is because they've been trading him at safety since OTAs, since the whole Jordan Poyer thing started percolating and contract stuff and things like that. He is super versatile. He actually did get plucked from the team and went to the Cincinnati Bengals a year ago before they brought him back. Like we know, like this is a guy that can play in the league. Matt, I think there was a, I'm going to little, I'm going to salute this. I'm going to be my, I'm going to be inspector Capaccio here. Okay. I think there was a clue Saturday. They played Cam Lewis at safety. I, I think they want to make sure Cam can also handle that role like they have been with Nick McLeod before saying we're going to keep Cam over Nick McLeod. And if they feel Cam Lewis could play, can do that and just give him that extra little versatility, I think he gets that role. And, and the biggest reason is because, to me, he is the backup nickel. Like and yes, something that would happen to Terry yes. Johnson, it is Cam Lewis. Yeah. And like we've talked about on the podcast several times, like there's an alternate reality where he is the starting nickel and Taron Johnson is the backup. So I think that Cam Lewis gets the edge for that reason, because he is the primary backup nickel. And because of that, because I noticed the same thing with him getting the shot at safety. To me, that was more of a, let's see what you can do in case of an emergency kind of situation, because we know you can handle the backup job as a nickel or even in a real pinch out on the boundary. And I'm going to say this, if either McLeod or cam, especially cam, but if McLeod or cam get waived, I think they're a New York giant within 24 hours. I mean, I just don't see a, a way, especially cam Lewis. I mean, Joe Shane would probably drool to get him on his roster. Especially in that secondary, which is pretty banged up as it is. So I, I think that's the case now. Um, and by the way, shout out to Nick McLeod. Six stitches in his face. Huge laceration. Did you see the picture of that thing? Hockey guy, man. Oh, my hockey God. Right? He's a hockey player. That. I mean, that was a deep cut. Not sure what happened. I talked to him after the game about it. He said he didn't. He wasn't sure if he got a cleat. And I said, I think it might have been the face mask that hit him when he got kind of maybe need or something. It was, it was wild, but he came back. That's one tough dude. All these guys are tough, but that was incredible. So here's my question to you. If Tredavious White is on PUP, you have him making the roster. Who's the guy on the team that's on the team in his place? Who's the guy you have off? Because you have 53 with Tredavious. Yes. If Tredavious White goes on PUP, that gives you, Matt, 52. Who's 53? Tommy Sweeney. Okay. Tommy Sweeney. Yeah. Tommy Sweeney was my last person cut. I would have Tommy Sweeney on the team before I would have Jake Kumaro on the team. Given the way that I built the roster, I think that they can get away with six wide receivers. I think that Tommy Sweeney, they really, really like the guy. That's not to say that they don't love Kumaro. They love Kumaro, but I think in a perfect world, they would like to be able to keep at least three tight ends. I mean, come on. Having two is pretty risky. You're really banking on one of those guys getting to the practice squad. I just... 
<laughs> the one to me was I kept going back to Balin Spector or Tommy Sweeney, and I gave the edge to Balin Spector. I gave the guy, I gave the edge to the younger guy with a little bit more upside. But in this situation, if it is Tre'Davious White starting on pop, which is a very real possibility, then Tommy Sweeney makes it. Then though, you're just kind of kicking the can because then you got another hard problem you got to figure out in four weeks. The the issue I have is if Tre'Davious White does not start on pop, what do I do? Because in that scenario. I would have them keeping seven cornerbacks. You did, right? Yeah. I mean, you and, probably and I, you probably have to it's probably Cam Lewis, right? I guess, but man, I just I don't know. You know, the who, other thing is I would say who this. would you who would you pick? Cam Lewis or Balen Spector? See, I think Balen Spector is the guy that's out for me in this scenario. If okay. if if, if Tredavious White plays, and here's why I'm gonna I'm gonna, I know I've just said, oh, seven corners, seven corners. Again, I don't think he's 100% if he plays. Even if he's on the team, I don't know if he's playing week one. So you got to keep the other six guys, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then you make a decision when when White's healthy. So to me, it comes down to Specter or Sweeney. And I've, said, already, I've already said, I think they want to keep three tight ends. So I probably go to Bale and Specter and say, kid, we're, lo- we're, we're loving you. We hope to keep you. Terrell Bernard's been awesome as a rookie linebacker. But we got to put you on the practice squad. I, I think that might be what you ultimately say in that scenario. I think there's a better chance you can get Balen Spector to the practice squad than Cam Lewis. Probably right. I agree 100%. Yes, yes, yes. How about this? Let me ask you this question. We haven't dissected every single NFL roster, but just off the cuff, do you think Cam Lewis is one of the top 32 nickel corners in the NFL? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, You know what? I don't know because the sample size is so small. I don't know if I would go there, but I would say he's in the let's take the 32 and then add 16 for like the primary backups. He's he's in the top 48 and every team's got a spot for one of those guys. So I don't know if he's one. I don't know if he's good enough to be starting at nickel in every on on any other team, but uh, he's definitely good enough to be a primary backup. And I I really like Cam Lewis because obviously he's a cool story. He's been around for a while. They trust him. That's a big deal. They also really like when they've got the continuity with their players inside those same position groups and those so in the same room. So, yeah, I think that I, I couldn't find it in myself to cut Cam Lewis. I agree with that. Let me throw another name out. In my scenario, if Tredavious White was kept, I still would have him keeping seven corners because he might not be completely healthy. I could see Tommy Doyle maybe then not being the guy. And him going on uh, an IR, you know, or in, in some scenario. And to be honest with you, Matt, like I, they could only keep nine offensive linemen. You have to dress eight on game day to trigger the extra guy available. But let's remember, you can elevate guys from the practice squad. And, you know, if you put Tommy Doyle on IR, you know, you stash him away for the year. And then you can always elevate a guy like Bobby Hart or Jacob Capra or, you know, Luke Tenuta, if you want, or something like that. So, Tommy Doyle would still be on my radar as per this discussion about Tredavious White. I don't I have a heart. Tommy Doyle's an interesting one to me because like he played in a play he played in playoff games for the Bills last year. Oh, he was active pass. in the that's what I mean. Like he was active in a playoff game. So clearly they value him. And he was a pretty high draft pick just last year. So for the sake of the injury, if it's not a long-term injury, he's going to be on the team. But if it is, if it's if it's one of those situations where like, okay, he won't be back until the halfway point of the season, then you do the IR thing and you just are like, hey, sorry, this is the way it works out. Get healthy, rehab. You're still going to be in the room. You'll be back on the team next year. But if he's like, can be back by week four or something, 
then I think he needs to make the team. He's probably on the team. But what I find interesting about this whole exercise, for all the talk about how tough it's going to be, which it is, it's going to be super tough for this organization to get the right 53 because there's so many good players on the bottom end. You and I only have two differences, and really one of them is simply born out of what the injury status is to to Tredavious White. You have White on the squad. I have him um, on the pup. You have him on the squad and Tommy Sweeney out because of it. I have Sweeney in because of that. And then we have Kumaron Hodgins flipping. That's it. That's the only difference, the only two we have in the entire 53, Matt. Of the guys who are primarily special teams players. So yes. we're talking about Taiwan Jones, Tyler Medikevich, Jake Kumaro, uh, and it's pretty much it. Uh, Jaquan um, Johnson. Jaquan Johnson, but he's also kind of like their first backup at safety. So I sure. think like he's definitely making the, of oh, those th- saying, yeah. of those three, Kumaro, Medikevich, and Taiwan Jones. Who is the biggest lock? Uh, Medikevich. More than Taiwan? <sighs> um, I keep thinking of, you know, Taiwan being a gunner. If you're going to re- here, here's the problem. I think Taiwan is so good at what he does. They love him. Maybe not. Maybe Taiwan too, but it, it, there's more guys who kind of can play that role that you could keep than they could play maybe the Medikevich role. I think is just a, a demon tackler. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It does. I mean, it's like, like we, like you said, it's really tough. There's 53 and you know, the team would never admit this. There's 53 man, 53 people that are going to make the roster. There's like 60 guys that are fighting for these 53 spots. So I think we know the players that are kind of in that, range on the bubble. And I think it also speaks volumes that, you know, without having any conversations before we even started this, we had just a couple little tweaks, a couple, like two differences of opinion. We're, we're a little bit past what we normally go. This has been fantastic. Enjoyed doing this 53 man roster exercise. Let me give you a, uh, a question though, before we leave nice yep. one, does Brandon Bean make a trade a, of a for for, or to get rid of a rostered player? Before cutdowns, no, I don't believe so. I, I don't believe so because the players who I think would be prime candidates for that, I don't see the value meeting up with kind of the depth that they have at those particular positions. Like, okay, here's a good example: Is a team giving you a sixth or a seventh round pick for Jake Kumaro? If they are, I'm taking that pick and I'm having Hodgins make the team. But I don't think they're going to trade Cody Ford unless he's going to get cut. I don't think they're going to trade Zach Moss. He was another person we were talking about. And then on defense, there's like nobody on defense. We're going down these lists. Like there's really not options for them. Nobody like ever. The Daryl Johnson thing was such an enigma because they had a relatively deep room at the position. So they could move on from him and know that they weren't kind of eating away at their own depth. So no, I don't think he makes a trade. I think he'll probably look into it, but I don't think it'll happen. Do you think unless they're a same like unless there's a guy who you know is going to get cut, like Van Roten or something, and you're like, is oh, it, somebody's going to give you a seventh round pick for him. Like then you do it. The only guy I could think of. Well, there's two guys on defense I could think of. Is it possible because of the of the preseason and camp that Terrell Bernard has had that Tyrell Dodson could be a guy you shop? What would be the pet? Like, what do you think would be the asking price for Tyrell Dodson? Like a sixth round pick, maybe a seven. Uh, but but it's better. It's better than releasing him. I don't think I would do it. Okay. 
I don't. I think I. I think I keep him, and yep. then honestly, oh. once Andre Smith comes back from yep. suspension, I think he, then you have the decision. But I think I would honestly give the edge to Dotson. And let me go to the other guy we just talked about. Do you think you could get something for Cam Lewis if you ultimately thought you couldn't keep in all those corners? Yes, I do. I do. I, I, don't, I don't think they want to do it. I don't think they're motivated to do that. No, I, just, uh, I, no, I, could, I don't. If, if he's one of the guys, they, the back end though, it might be. It might be a. Mm, let's make a phone call and see. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's always the situation. That's always the dream scenario for the GM is if you're going to have a guy who's not going to make the 53 man roster, just get something for him. And that's what they'll try and do. But I, I, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. All right, Matt, this is fun. We got the Carolina Panthers and the Buffalo bills Friday night. You'll be there. I'll be there. We'll have uh no, reaction. I'm not going. I'm you're not, not going, going to Carolina. Not, going no, Carolina. I'm not going. Okay. So I have a very legit reason. At okay. least I think Hello, everybody. it's my grandfather's 95th. Okay. Birthday. All right. Well, happy uh, birthday to grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's his name? Uh, Richard Beauvais, Richard pride Beauvais. of pride of Elma, New York, Very Elma, nice. East Aurora. They're big South towns people. I'm a North towns guy. I grew up in the North. I know there's a very real. Yeah, divide. yeah. 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 We always talk about this, but yeah, it's his 95th birthday party. So like, I'm just, I'm like, listen, the starters played already. I always kind of teeter on like, in this situation, what do I do on this one? I was like, that's a preseason game. There better not be starters on that field. I'll let somebody else handle that. You're totally good. Happy birthday to Richard 90th, man. That is no 95. Awesome. Wait, wait, 95. 95. I'm sorry. I thought you said 90, 95, 95. Wow. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Unbelievable. And he play looks, golf? no, he doesn't play golf anymore, but he's the most independent 95 year old man on the planet. Like he's, right. he's still legitimately how ridiculous this is. He drives an hour every Wednesday to go get his favorite Reuben sandwich. He's 95. He gets in the oh, car and drives an hour to go get a Reuben. He still, he does yoga because he wants to stay flexible. Yeah. And he looks like Bob Barker. That is amazing. Yeah. It's okay. wild. Well, you're going to have to, in conjunction with this podcast, Sometime this weekend, when the Bills are taking on the Panthers, you got to post a picture it, of will. Grandpa Richard. I will. Okay, I will. you got to do that for everybody. For Matt Bove, I'm Sal Capaccio. We kept you a little longer than we usually do on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo, but hope it was well worth it because we're breaking down the Bills and it's getting closer to week one at the Rams. In the meantime, Bills, Panthers, Friday night. We'll talk about it next time on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo.